Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Hey, what's up, Clever Investors? Welcome back to the Clever Investor Show. I'm your lucky host, Cody Sperber, the OG Clever Investor. And today in studio, we have a returning guest, one of my favorite female entrepreneurs and an all-around just superstar and badass that is uh, probably one of the best in the world at helping brands dominate online and showing people how to actually get seen. Um, you are a PR queen, among many other things, and now you are a successful best-selling author with her new book, Be Seen. We got Jen Gottlieb in the studio for round number two. Round two. I'm honored. I'm grateful. I'm excited. You know, our first podcast went a little viral, but a lot of people gave me such good feedback on having you on. So I'm super excited to have another conversation with you. Let's make it happen again. Yeah, yeah. And you're you're looking good. You got your business suit on. Are we business today? We're or business, we... but you know I got to have we, the crop top. It's okay, got to be st- business, still, but fun. Yeah, we. It's like, a, it's like that's your version of a mullet. Oh, yeah. yeah like, what is that? Like professional at the top party in the back? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like it's professional, but then there's like a surprise. I do that. I just cut a hole in my jeans and I just, mm. if I need to slip something show a out, little just, leg. you know, show a little leg. That's yeah. what I was thinking. My, <laughs> my, my leg. Um, all right. Let's get back on track here. <laughs> um, all right. So you're, you're back here in Arizona because you launched a book. And you're hanging out here. You're speaking at events. You're mm-hmm. still doing a ton of that, right? Yeah. Like, I'm you- here to speak at an event on Sunday. And then, of course, like this is for everybody. Let's do a tangible takeaway already. If you're here, you're traveling to do something, make the most out of it. So I was like, I'm going to be in Arizona. Cody, let's do a podcast. I called my friend Candy Valentino. Let's do a podcast. I have my video crew following me around as I do all these podcasts. So I'm not just getting podcasts but we're getting content for reels and then speaking. We're going to get content from that. And so just be seen. Yeah, let's let's roll with that real quick because yeah. I I think like you, there there's like a standard that a group of people have set. You're one of those people where it's like, you've really harnessed the power of social media in a way like most people never go that far. Like I watch you in the mornings. You, you get up, you're putting on your makeup, you're going live, you're doing that. You got your film crew here. You're doing podcast tours. You're writing books. Like you're putting yourself out there a lot. How has that journey been? Like, have you noticed like, because when you first start doing something like that, like nobody's watching you, nobody's no, showing up. No one up, was watching. <laughs> you know, and now you got millions of people watching you. You know, and it's, and by the way, for those of you that don't know Jen, she, she's a badass. Like besides just being a a good entrepreneur, she was um, on Broadway. You were on VH1. Like go back and watch that other episode, listen to that other episode because it kind of tells your hero's journey to get to here. But how have you seen like, your life changed as you started putting yourself out there? Because how long has it been now? A a year, year and a half that you've been like really going hard? So 2000... 19, I believe it was the year. Was it 2019? It was either 2019 or 2020. I decided to make my word of the year content. And I decided my word of the year. Like, so I I created a word of the year, like a theme for the year. And I was like, I'm going to focus on this one thing this year. And I'm going to go hard. That's usually what I do every single year. I create like a theme. And so every decision that I make is kind of focused on that, like that priority. And so I made it content. I'm going to produce an absurd amount of content and I'm just going to go all in on making video and, and amazing images and amazing, like I did the pot, like everything that I could possibly do. And I learned a lot from that. Number one, what I learned is that it takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of consistency because in the beginning, nothing was really happening. 
And I felt like I was posting and not a lot of people were seeing it. And I thought like I was going live and there was like five people joining. Mm. And it took a lot of consistently doing it, even though I wasn't seeing results for it to pay off in the end. And I think a lot of people stop themselves when they start doing their brand because they they post like five or six times and they're like, nobody's paying attention to this. So I'm just going to stop. I see it all the time. Patience is so unbelievably important. And I know we want instantaneous results. And that's it's just not what happens when you start to build a brand. It takes a lot of doing and a lot of being seen and a lot of people like watching it again and again and again to get the memo and then forward it to somebody else and somebody else sees it. And then maybe you get one viral video. And that's what happened to me. I got one video that went viral and that kickstarted a lot of the momentum. But because I had had so much consistency from posting and going live for so long before that viral video hit, the people that would come to my my page from that video are like, oh, wow, she's got a lot of other cool stuff for me to watch. So it was already like paving the way and creating the brand so that when it took off at that moment, I was ready and people were like, oh, I want to hear more from her. How long until the viral video hit? Oh, I don't know. Um, it was probably at least a year. Okay. So you're going hard for a year. And yeah. what what does that look like? So like, let's just give them a blueprint. First year in, um, I, I want to be seen. I want to mm-hmm. go. I want to get aggressive. I have a cell phone. This is my content. Mm-hmm. That's my machine. stage. It's our right, stage in our right. pocket. Yeah. We all have a stage and it's right here. And I, how long, I mean, I was posting probably really hard for like four posts a day, four videos, four reels a day on Instagram. Okay. So you're actually saying something on video. It's not just like memes or, you know, entrepreneurial tips. It's you on camera. You're making video a core competency. You're you're recording this and then you're posting it four times a day. Yeah, that, I mean, making reels and TikTok. But here's the thing. I wasn't like making original content for every platform. I was doing, this is how, so every entrepreneur that's listening that wants to start creating content and want you to pay attention, this is really tactical and tangible. And this is what we did. We would do content recording sessions one time a week where we, in our apartment, I would bring over a videographer or I would even just set up my iPhone on a tripod and do a content day where I'm filming a whole bunch of stuff. And then we'd throw those over to the editors, edit those up. And then that would be the content that we produce. And I would produce it for Instagram. And then I would take that Instagram post and repurpose it onto all the other platforms. I like to to post for Instagram because it's the one I get the most. I understand it the most. It's my favorite. So think about the platform that you like the most. Like, let's say you're a LinkedIn person and that's where your ideal clients and customers are. And you love creating for LinkedIn. Create for LinkedIn and then take that LinkedIn post and transcribe it or morph it and change it a tiny, tiny bit and repurpose it to all the other platforms. So we were creating one piece of content and slightly changing it to repurpose it for all the others. And we were doing that consistently. And these are all like one minute, one minute and a half pieces of content. So this is, these are real specific reels. Totally. Or taking a reel or taking a podcast or taking maybe a content creation day where I was just talking for way too long and transcribing all of that and making written word posts and using an image every once in a while. So uh, the most important thing that I learned though, is that you really need to pay attention and you need to listen to what your audience audience wants. Because if you're just posting and you're not paying attention to which ones do the best and the data, like based on like how many people are really commenting on this, how many people are actually watching this, how many people are DMing and sharing about this one piece of content. If not a lot, then I'm not going to talk about this that much anymore because it doesn't resonate. So during that year, I learned a lot about what my audience wants to know about. The stuff that went viral, okay. Clearly, I need to talk about this topic more, right? And then I started doing the lives. And when I started doing the lives, everything like really shifted from just having followers to having actual community. Mm. It was really crazy what happened. 
And when I say the lives, you know what I'm talking about, but the listeners don't. Yeah, let's let's open that up because I think the magic is in the lives. The magic's in the Zooms. The magic's in the, you know, like the spending longer form periods of time with, you know, and what's funny about lives is like, it doesn't matter if 27 people show up, 50 people, 100 people, eventually it will grow. And, I, and that's what's happened to you. But like those lives are the key. It is by far the biggest thing. I watched you do it. I watched Jesse Lee do it. I yep. watched Pace Morby do it. I've done it. Like back back in 2016, when Periscope first came out, I think it was Periscope around 2016, I was going live all day long. I was so like enamored with this concept of, of you know, being able to like click a button and have hundreds of people watching you. And back then there was no breaks on it. Now the algorithm's kind of fighting against you. So you have to like really go live a lot yeah. and consistently to break through. Yep. But back then I would go live and there'd be three, 4,000 people watching instantly. And I was just like, whoa, this is insane. I made so much money that year from lives. Like, like I, and all I did was give away an ebook. I just say, hey, you want to learn how to flip houses? Like, go to fliphousesbook.com. Mm-hmm. And all these people go to fliphousesbook.com. And then as soon as they downloaded the book, it would say, congratulations, you earned a free right. web class with Cody and Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. And uh, at the end of that class, I would sell a, um, a $297 master class, uh, mm-hmm. course on how to do real estate investing. Yeah. And I think that year, just giving away, I gave away in one year about 70000 ebooks in one year because I was going live like four or five hours a day. Yeah. Wow. And we made a little over $3 million just from that ebook funnel. You know what I love about that? You took that opportunity that was only there for a limited time and you just squeezed all the juice out of the lemon. Like you really, you went live for four hours every day. Yeah. Because I was was doing weird shit. Like I was dressing up and going uh, to post like eviction notices. I was like just being really playful with it, like in my style. Um, and looking back now, I was like, I cringe at like just kind of some of the stuff I was doing. I mean, I was wild. I was drinking while live, while dressing up in a character's outfit and going to post an eviction. People loved it. And they st- still, just randomly the other day, I got somebody that sent me a screenshot and said, I have all of your old periscopes saved. They screen recorded them. So you don't know. You don't realize how many people are out there watching. Maybe they've never interacted with you before. Oh, I have a story for you on that. I don't know if I told you this, but you don't know who's watching. You have no idea who's watching. You need to create, and even if it looks like only five people are watching or only 10 people are watching, you need to create like somebody unbelievably important is watching every single time you create a video. Did I tell you that it wasn't that long ago, I all of a sudden, uh, The Rock started following me? No. Okay, so wait, listen. The Rock- Stop it. I swear to God, I'll show you. He only follows like, what, 300 people or something, maybe less? So he starts following me. I'm like, this is a mistake. This isn't real. He's not following. Why would he follow me? Like, this is like, I circled it. You know, I highlighted it. I screenshot. I sent it to Chris. I was like, look, the rocks follow me. He's like, no way. So I was like, I'll message him. What do I have to lose? I don't think it's real. Like maybe somebody on yeah. his team or following random people or something like that. So I message Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Hey, Dwayne, thanks so much for following me. And he sent me a voice memo back. I could play it for you. He sent me no. a voice memo. Hey, Jen. Play it. Can we play this? We got to play this. Yeah. I've never shared it on social, but I'll share it here on your podcast. Oh, I love this. This is amazing. So So this this just goes to show you how important it is to not be drinking, dressing up as characters on your lives. I mean, unless that's what the you rock want people might be to watching. see. Yeah, you that's never, true. This reminded me, and it was such a cool lesson also with like, 
I felt so special that he took time to actually send me yeah, a voice note. And it made me feel like, who else can I do? I mean, I'm not The Rock, but maybe somebody that follows me would feel so amazing if I just took the time to send them a quick voice note mm. and let them know that people are paying attention. And maybe that'll incentivize them to be seen. Do you a send a lot of voice notes? I send All the time. Yeah. All the time now, especially now. Um, yeah, okay. pe people trip out when, when, uh, when I respond with a little voice note. Here he is, Dwayne. Oh, that's Dan. Dwayne, where'd it go? I know they freak out. All right. Well, what, well while you're, I'm finding this, you want to ask yeah, me another yeah, question? Well, just why, why you're looking that up. Um, the thing with content, it, and, and, I, and I'm curious at your approach, for me, it got, the, the difficult thing was like prepping myself, like getting prepared. Yeah. Like, what am I, so if I'm going to record on a Monday for like three, four hours, and we're going to create like a month's worth of content or however much content, how do you get prepared yeah. to know what to talk about. Yeah. Well, today is a lot different than when you were doing it because today we have AI and today we have ChatGPT, which makes it a hell of a lot easier for me. And well, here's twofold. So I was just in the car with Dom, my videographer. And what was great about being in the car and just creating content, I was like, ask me questions. So ask me questions that you would want to know as a videographer, somebody that's creating content. What do you want to know about your brand? And he was asking me questions and it made me go off on a tangent. So sometimes I'll just have someone sitting in front of me asking me questions. And now I'll also just go into ChatGPT and I will prompt it to create my dream client avatar. So there's a lot of really amazing prompts that you can do to get it to learn who you're speaking to. Because mm. it's really important when you're prompting ChatGPT in order to get great marketing material, you can't just ask it to write a post. You have to teach it who you're writing the post for. So it speaks to your ideal client instead of just speaking to someone random and giving you a really like, just totally like run of the mill post. So I will prompt it so that it knows exactly who my girl is. Usually it's a girl or my guy or my person that I'm speaking to. And then I'll say, okay, great. Speaking to this, you know, Kayla, my dream client avatar, give me, you know, 20 uh, topics that I could use for reels. And then it'll give me 20 topics. But like, great, now write the script for number five. And I'll put it in, you know, to my to my uh, little teleprompter thing. Usually I don't read teleprompters when I'm creating reels. I'll just go off script, but having little bullet points there, just reminding me is sure. everything. And I'll just bang them out really fast. It'll take an hour. We'll do 20 amazing reels just by using using AI to help me. It's not creating it for me, but it's my co-creator. It's like my assistant. Yeah, because you know this stuff. It just helps you stay on track and reminds you of little things. And then you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean in on that. Of that makes course. Sense. And then questions people ask me, you know, like uh, whenever I'm live, the reason that I do these lives is to really, I screenshot all the questions that they ask. And I have all these questions. I don't answer them all on live, but I'll take all the questions that they ask and I'll write them down. And then whenever we're doing a content creation day, I'm like, all right, let's pull up the questions that we get from the lives. And, and so it's not content that I think people want. It's content that I genuinely know that they want because they ask me those questions. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, all right do we have it? Play? I have it. Are you Come ready? On, yes, yes. I okay, so I said, honored that you follow me, Dwayne. Okay, here yep, it is. Yeah, honored it. heart emoji. Okay, here we go. Hey, Jen, I got your message. Thank you for shooting me a note. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, keep up the great work. Keep kicking ass. Um, keep up the great perspectives and anchoring, um, which clearly has been um, so impactful in so many people's lives. So keep up the awesome work, man. And um, thank you for the note. And I hope you're having a great weekend. Okay, bye. Talk soon. The Rock, just your buddy. Just, <laughs> just talk just soon. Out. Yeah, just talk soon. Yeah, yeah. Sure, talk soon. I'll see ya uh, when I see ya. Yeah. So, what do you? Wh where do you go with that now? Like, I don't are know. you frozen? You're just yeah. like, I don't know what to do. I didn't with my know what hands. to do. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know. I was like, I can't respond. Like, then I'm like a fangirl, or like, can I? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's funny because I asked. Um, 
uh, Russell Brunson. Uh, we were, I was doing a podcast with Russell Brunson, who's the founder of ClickFunnels, yeah. very very successful marketer. Partners with uh, did did some businesses with Dean Graciosi and Tony Robbins and all this stuff. And we were out in Palm Beach, and we were doing this really private, exclusive thing with Tony and Dean. And uh, we were all hanging out, and I kind of look over at Russell and I said, "Dude, what do you?" And Tony talk about when it's just like you guys yeah. like growing out, hanging out. And his answer actually like shocked me because he goes, because Russell's very successful. His company is probably going to sell for like way north of 500 million, maybe a billion by the time he's done. And uh, he's like, uh, honestly, I don't talk at all around Tony. I listen. Mm. He's like, I am very methodical with my things that I talk about and all that stuff. I just want to be in proximity to a guy like him and and hear the way he processes and hear how he talks to other people because I'm constantly learning from him. And I said, wow, that's probably how I'd be around the rock. <laughs> just yeah. be quiet. Yeah. Just hang out. Just ask questions. That's, I mean, that's the greatest way to, to network anyway and to build relationships is to just be interested. You know all about this. You're really good at this, Cody. Yeah. Well, I don't have the rock following me, but I do have Alicia Keys. Okay. All that's right. a good one. All right. Wait, so, that's really big. Did it, she send you a voice note? No, no. What the heck, Alicia? I thought we were homies. You've been following. What's funny is, she, uh, I'm sure it's probably, I don't know if it's her or not, but um, it's uh, interesting because she started following me in like 2015 and hasn't unfollowed yet. Was that during the time of the Periscopes? Well, well, Periscope, you got to remember Periscope came out first and then yeah. Instagram stole the concept and maybe she followed your periscopes. Yeah, who knows. But uh uh I I wish there was like a way you can see which celebrities are following you easily. Well, you can see all oh yeah, there's just so many followers. Yeah, that's true. And, and now followers. now verified and then, and then doesn't there's, matter. And then there's bots. Yeah. Do you get attacked by bots? Yeah. Oh, I fucking hate it. I know. But you can do hidden words on Instagram. Did you know about that? Yeah, I have yeah, yeah. I have it set up and it does hide the post yeah. and all this stuff. It doesn't do a very good job, but no matter what I do, and I delete a lot of them, which actually fucks up your algorithm. Yep. If you delete too many people in one day, it pulls back your reach. Yep. And um and I used to as soon as the bots were following me, I was in there like had people in there like unfollowing and blocking them. Yeah. It fucked up my reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. know. That's another one of the things that we have to deal with, with social and like uh, that you didn't have to deal with back when you were doing four-hour periscopes and just having thousands and thousands of people get your ebook. Yeah, but I, but I love this model. So, okay, we're creating content. We got a content day. We got chat GBT kind of helping us. We're creating content. We're building the foundation and then start the lives. The lives then yeah. all of a sudden picked up and then you get your one viral post. It's funny when I, I recently had a post go viral. Um, got almost 30,000 new followers from the one post. Yep. So when it happens, it's like a big lift. It's awesome. It yeah. helps. And then it it lifts all the other stuff up as well. Because I find that when I have one that goes viral, the other ones that were like percolating, like kind of getting, like they would get a boost too. And, and, and it's genuine people. And I find that, I don't know what it is. And I'm not an expert on like the algorithm of social media and all of that. But I do know that when I started going live every single morning, this is, I did this because Jessie Lee told me to do it. And she was like, I go live while I put my makeup on. She said, I put my makeup on every day. So I know it's something I'm going to do every day. So if I can just commit to going live while I'm putting my makeup on, then I'm going to go live every single day. And I waited to do it 
She told me that. She told me to do it. And I waited for a long time because I felt scared. I felt uncomfortable. I felt vulnerable. Like that's a scary thing to do. Yeah, you're in your rawest form. Your rawest form. Not knowing what to say, having to answer questions on demand, not knowing if anybody's going to show up. I was scared. So I I do my podcast without makeup on. uh, That's what's happening right now. It's you very get wit- impressive. You, you get to witness. It's very impressive. I'm so grateful that I get to be here with you yes. in your in your rawest form yes. of, of Cody. Like, yeah. thank you. So I I finally did it once. And when I the first time I did it, I propped up my camera. Nobody knew I was doing it. And not a lot of people showed up because nobody knew I was doing it. I'd never done it before. And I start putting my makeup on and I start talking. And of course it's bad. And like who's to say what what's good anymore? But I made a commitment to myself that I was going to do it every single day. And this is what's important about it. People would ask me like, is it going to be at the same time every day, Jen? What time is it at? And I made the mistake in the beginning of saying, okay, I'm going to do it at 9 a.m. every single day. But with my business and my life, I can't go live every, I'm not doing my makeup at 9 a.m. every day. Sometimes I'm traveling. Sometimes I'm in a different time zone. Sometimes I've got a speaking engagement at 9 a.m. that I have to do my makeup before. So putting that barrier to entry up was screwing me up because I was like, oh, I can't do it at nine, so I'm not going to do it at all. And now it's homework. It's, it feels like pressure. Like I have to show up to the job site exactly. at nine. It's, exactly. It takes the fun out of it. Exactly. So I took away the rule. This was the, one of the first learning lessons that I learned about this whole live thing. Take away the rule. And I would tell people, I'd be like, listen, if you want to watch this live, you got to hit the notification bell on my profile because it's going to happen whenever I happen to be doing my makeup. And if I'm home here in New York having a regular day, it's probably around this time, but who knows? You never know. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden it felt easy. It didn't feel hard anymore that because it's already a difficult thing to do. All right. It's scary. So you have to take away all of the other things that make it hard in order to get yourself to do it every day. So Here's what happened as a result of doing this. It's insane. When I started doing it, a lot more of my posts started going viral. I don't know if it had anything to do with me going live. I have a feeling that it did. But really, more importantly, the same people started showing up every morning. And then those same people started DMing me saying, I'm so grateful you're doing this. Thank you so much. You helped me so much. So it incentivized me to do it more. So Mm. then I became more confident. I had a bigger why. I liked it more because I knew that people were, they were waiting for it. I knew like my concept of hope, help one person every day. So instead of worrying about what I looked like or my face not being completely done, or if I said the right things, I was just talking to Lena, who I knew came every day, or John, who I knew came every single day. And then it started to grow where people were connecting with each other and creating community on my lives. There are people that have gone to dinner with each other because they met on my Instagram. So they're they're memorizing each other's handles and then DMing each other. Yes. Yeah, that's smart. Yes. And it's a community. And so we're all part of the Get Ready With Me community. And this has been happening for a really long time. And now it's- I like like that. The Get Ready With Me community. Yeah, it's great. And so all those people are now part of my book launch street team. And it's real community. Like they, they buy they're all the stuff. They, you, you've in. added so much value that they're, they're now loyal. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, I feel like they're my fam. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's really what social was meant to do, right? It's not just, uh, just for everybody listening, it's not just to hate on successful people and say dumb shit as yeah. an adult. It always trips me out, side tangent, when, when grown men DM me mm. and they like talk shit or something. I'm like, you know, I've never once me or any of my successful friends ever DM'd another grown ass man and said some dumb shit. Never once. 
And it's like, it gives so much insight on like where they're at in their lives and how they view the world and just like they're sitting behind their keyboard. Just Exactly. Whatever. Yeah, just remember well, that. By, by the way, since we're on it, how do you yeah. deal with some yeah. the, the haters? Yeah, how do you exactly feel about that. It? So that's the thing. If you're being seen and you're putting yourself out there, you're going to be misunderstood. There's going to be people that are activated by you being seen. There's going to be haters. It's just, it is the name of the game. My therapist always asks me to think this. What is your relationship with that? What do you want your relationship with that to be? So there is going to be rejection. There are going to be haters. There's going to be failure. There's going to be all of these things that happen in entrepreneurship. There's going to be discomfort. There's going to be pain. There's going to be vulnerable moments. There's going to be moments where you're like, oh, I wish I could take that back. What do you want your relationship with all of that to be? What do you want your perspective with it to be? So specifically with the haters, I had to decide what I wanted my relationship with it to be. And I definitely thought that feeling that you just had where you were like, nobody that is successful that I know and that's happy is taking time to comment negatively on anybody's post. They're just not. So if somebody's taking time to say something mean about me, it's because they're probably in pain. They're probably not happy. They're probably not enjoying their life very much. And they're probably not, not very successful. So in my mind, how can I then just feel empathy and compassion for that person? As, as hard as that might be, I'm like, wow, if you're taking the time to do this, you must be really unhappy. So empathy, compassion on my end, that's my relationship with it. And know and understand like, this is the game I've signed up for. If I have signed up for this game willingly and knowing that because I'm putting myself out there, I'm going to help a lot of people and a lot of people are really going to like it and a lot of people are going to be really bought in, but there's also going to be a lot of people that don't. And yeah, yeah and that's the name of the game. And so you either have to understand that and know it and have a, a way to kind of deal with it, like having compassion and empathy, or you can let it piss you off and go down the rabbit hole of being annoyed about it and let it take you down. And that doesn't really work in your favor for your big goal, does it? No. And I, I mean, it's good for the algorithm too. You want people to, yeah. every time I do anything confrontational in any way, the post just launches because everybody's in the comments giving their opinion and it, the back and forth starts. Mm -hmm. So many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have debt funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. Uh, okay, so let, let's let's transition to what you've been working on, some of the projects and different things. So like this book, first off, is it this is your first major book? It's my first book. Yeah. For how long did it take you to write this thing? Because I was I was flipping through it. This is a meaty, delicious well-written book. Like you, you actually, I, I, every chapter was like, really like, there's like tactical stuff. There's storytelling going on here. There's takeaways. There's things that you need to go do. I mean, it's like, this is like a, a, a masterclass. I'm really proud being of it. Seen. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of stories in there that I've never told. There's a lot of like real, real stories that- Is the point of the book literally, because it says, find your voice, build your brand, live your dream. Yeah. We're, all the stuff we're talking about on here, you're tactically showing them- Yes. How to do it in this book? So I could not write a book about tactical strategies to build a brand if I didn't write a book about the most important piece of that whole puzzle. Because if you're listening to this right now and you haven't put yourself out there and you're not being seen the way you want to- and you're not building your brand, it's not because you don't know how. It's not. You know how. You're, you're listening to this right now. So you have access yeah. to the internet. You can learn how. You know how to do it. The reason you're not doing it is because a fear. A fear of whatever that fear is. The haters on the internet. Fear of rejection. Fear of what your 
high school sweetheart that you don't talk to anymore would think of you. Fear of what your cousins from wherever they live across the country are going to think of you if you post about something. Fear of, uh, of success, fear of overwhelm, fear of, oh my God, what will happen if I actually do become famous? It's all because of fear. So the whole entire first part of the book the first part, part one, is called Be Courageous. And it just talks about how to do shit with fear there anyway. Like fear is not going to go away. You know this, Cody. Like you're unbelievably yeah. successful in your space. And I would guarantee you that you feel fear when you're stretching and doing something that you've never done before. All the time. But you know how to take action even though you're scared. Like right now with this book, dude, I'm having to be seen on a level that I've never had to be seen before in my life. And it is scary. And all the stuff in my book that I talk about like imposter syndrome and perfectionism and comparison and all of this stuff that comes up when you're being seen is coming up for me right now in a huge way. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so mad up because I wrote the book about being seen and, and all of this fear that I wrote about is really coming through. And so in the book, I talk about how I've been over, how I've been able to in my past, like through my acting career and all the rejections that I've experienced and through every business that I've ever created and, and had to take action with fear in the passenger seat of the car how to do that now with this. And I'm actually using my own tools that I wrote about to be able to market and promote this book because it's scary. Yeah, you, I mean, you birthed a baby. Kinda. Is this an ugly baby or is this a, a cool baby? Like, you know. Is this I don't want anybody to tell my baby that it's ugly. You know, like that's a fear. That's for real. Yeah, for and sure. you're And you're, when you put something out like that, you're risking that. What's your favorite? I mean, obviously you, you kind of mentioned the first part of the book is all about being courageous. Um, what does that mean to you to be courageous is just put yourself out there anyway and whatever yeah. happens, happens. Being courageous is about consistently sticking with the commitments that you make with yourself and consistently just proving to yourself that you're more capable than you could have ever imagined. And my favorite concept uh, is really the concept of time and the concept that discomfort is always only temporary and this too shall pass. So no matter how uncomfortable you are in a moment, let's say you have to do something really freaking scary. It is the scariest thing you've ever had to do in your life. And you are petrified. No matter what, you're going to end up in your bed that night. You're going to end up tonight. We're going to end up in our bed. You're going to, your head's going to hit separate the beds, separate beds. Chris, uh, if you're listening, separate beds. Yes. But here is the thing. <laughs> You tonight are going to be thinking about me when you get in your bed. And the reason is because you're going to be thinking about this concept and I hope that you are. And I hope yeah, that every- tell me, tell me more. Yes, I'm going to tell you more. Mm. Every single listener is, is thinking this because what, whatever happens, and I learned this in the- I'm going to tell you why- My videographer, Greg, is going to be thinking about this in his bed Greg, tonight. Greg, I, I hope you think about me because either way, no matter how you show up today, whether you move through the fear or not, whether you follow through with the commitment or not, whether you say you're going to do the hard thing or you call out sick and you say, I can't do this, you're going to end up in your bed either way, no matter what. The discomfort that you're going to feel during that moment of fear, during that moment of, of un uncomfortableness or uncertainty or whatever it is that you have to deal with, it's going to pass. How do you want to feel when you end up in your bed? Do you want to feel like, oh man, I freaking didn't do it. I didn't show up again. I should have, I should have, I should have, and then be another day behind? Or do you want to lay in your bed and be like, I did it? Because- Discomfort's temporary, but the growth that comes from doing the hard thing and doing the thing you're afraid to do, that's permanent. That's what makes you more confident over time. That's what's the per that's what creates the person that's able to be seen, to write books, to build companies, to, to find the relationship of your dreams. You got to be able to move through the discomfort. And a lot of just, that's what courage is to me. I love that answer. And confidence comes from consistency. You use that word a lot, consistency. You know, a lot of people look for motivation and that's the wrong yep. thing to search for. Motivation is like watching a video that pumps you up for a temporary amount of time uh, or listening to a powerful speech that gets you all fired up and then it goes away. But through consistency, you're able to actually 
take to build that confidence. That's the hard part for a lot of people, especially when it comes to creating content and stuff. You you said it. They start a little bit. They don't get the results they want. They have that short sighted what you know entitled or what's in it for me like energy mm-hmm. instead of playing the long game. Yep. You know, you really got to put yourself out there. So besides the first part of the book, what's your favorite chapter? Okay. My favorite part of the book is the end, is the last couple of pages of the book because I tell my favorite story. And oh, I don't know if you were there. Maybe you were there. Were you at Ken Clothier's event? Ken Clothier's event. Which one? Yes. The last one in in Hollywood? Oh, oh, no. I wasn't at that one. I was at the one right before it. Okay. So my dad is, and you're going to read about my dad throughout the book because he's like my number one fan and you're a dad. So you'll definitely be able to really resonate with this because you also have a little girl that I know you're so proud of with all her cheer and everything like that. So my dad was always like the president of my fan club. When Mm. I was a little girl, I was an actress. I was a performer. I was always in shows and he was always in the front row of every show. Love that. Always cheering me on. Like we would do our performances in high school in a hallway because we didn't have a theater. And my dad would sit on the floor in the hallway. And after the performances, he would always say to me like, you're going from hallway to Broadway. I just know it. Like I'm so proud of you. And just always there, always front row. And my dad has MS. He has multiple sclerosis. Mm. So he can't- Sorry to hear that. No, it's okay. He, he can't travel. He's, he's, he's good. He's doing all right. But he can't get on an airplane and travel. So throughout my journey of my experience, and you'll read all about it throughout the book, I've had a lot of pivots in my life. I started as an actress. You'll, you'll listen to the, the other podcast we did together. I was on a, a TV show on VH1 for five years. I was on a Broadway national tour. I did a whole bunch of other movies and shows that nobody ever heard about ever. I, I got rejected a bazillion times. I was in school for theater. I, I had done this entire journey that my dad was there for. And we always thought that the purpose was for me to be an actress. We always thought that the big vision was I was going to be an actor and I was going to read other people's lines sing other people's songs. Like that was, I was going to audition and wait for someone to pick me in order to be good enough to do a show and do what I love to do. And we thought that that was the goal. And I would go for long walks talking to my dad on the phone in New York. Like, I'm going to make it one day, dad. Like, you know, and he would just cheer me on. So skip to today. I'm now a motivational speaker. I speak on stages. Yeah. I'm on a stage. I get to use all the gifts that I got to hone in on when I was younger in performing and use them for now speaking to entrepreneurs and business owners and motivating. And I get to say my own words now and I get to inspire people instead. And I don't have to wait for someone else to pick me. Sometimes I do for stages, but really I can throw my own stage if I really want to. And it's so much more in alignment with me. It's so much more fun than acting ever was. And I never knew that this existed and neither did my dad. And my dad has never been able to come see me speak because he can't travel. So Kent invited me to speak at his event. Kent, if you don't know Kent Clothier, he's also in the real estate industry and he had an event in Hollywood, Florida. My dad lives there. So Mm. my dad could come see me speak. And it was at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. It's a really big casino. My dad walks with a cane and my dad's like, I'm going to walk through that entire casino with my cane. I do not care how hard it is. I'm going to get there and I'm going to see you speak. So we're at this event. My dad's sitting in the front row. And I have all these real estate agents, like these big and real estate investors, you know, they're mm-hmm. like, it's a very bro crowd. I have them all standing up, visualizing their perfect day and they're crying and I've got them doing the gen thing. Yep. And I look at my dad and he's hysterically crying. And he was just so proud of me. And we get in the car and he looks at me and he's like, this is what it was all for. All of it, all of it, all the high school productions, all the getting up at four in the morning to drive you to the auditions, all everything that we thought it was not for that. It was for this. And all of a sudden, it all made sense. 
And the, the end of the book is me really having that realization. And I remember the moment that I had, it was in the car with him on the way back from that speaking engagement. Holy crap. Sometimes the future that you see for yourself isn't clear enough to know. Like sometimes you can only see one foot in front of the next. Sometimes you can only see that first action step that's in front of you and you don't know what it's all leading you towards. And if I would, if you would have told me that I was going to be a motivational speaker back when I was an actor, I would tell you, you are absolutely crazy. But now when you look backwards and you connect the dots looking backwards and I had the moment with my dad, the one that was always there throughout it. And we're like, whoa, this is it. It makes me realize that maybe my vision that I have for myself even now isn't, isn't even big enough. Maybe it's something that I still don't even know exists. So you just got to start taking action and being seen as exactly who you are. And every step of the way, the dots will somehow connect you to exactly where you're supposed to be. I love that story. I love that because I'm, I'm that dad I right know now you are. for Brinley, I know you which are. by the way, crazy story last night was a rough night. Um, Brinley is a flyer. My yeah. daughter is a flyer. She's 12 years old. She's on a very high level, level six cheer team, very competitive, a world's team. Um, they threw her up at practice. She, like a, um, I think they call it a basket. A basket. Yep. They chucked her up. She did her little spin kick thing, over-rotated on the way down. Her head and one of her bases collided knocked her unconscious immediately. Her whole side of her head swelled up, bruised. She didn't even know where she was. She didn't know which, what happened. When people talked to her, they were like, Brinley, you got hurt. And she goes, who got hurt? Like she, by the time she came to, she was in, she had no idea, had to rush her to the emergency room, get a CAT scan, the whole thing. This was yesterday? This was last night, up until midnight last night. Um, it, it, it's been, it was a little rough night. Good news. CAT scan doesn't show any, anything, but she does have a concussion. She's out of school for a week. No screens, no reading, no thinking, low light, like the whole, the whole wow. recover from Thank a concussion. Thank God she's okay. Now uh, I'm actually leaving here yeah. to go um, to our natural path to get some tinctures and different things just to kind of help, help the recovery. But man, as a dad, it is the scariest thing in the world to get that call, you know, um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, man. it's um, but I'm happy she's okay. Yeah, thankfully she's okay. But it's just one of those things where it's like cheer, cheers, gangster. Oh, they're hardcore. And the cheer that she does yeah. is is an unbelievable athletic sport. Oh, she just got cleared for a a, a, a fractured foot. What do you mean she got cleared for a fracture? She just healed she, from she a, just, oh, from, she from just a major fracture, from in and her then foot. now she's getting. Yeah, I know. Literally that day, she got cleared. She went back to cheer and knocked herself out. Um, but, uh, anyways, yeah. The joys of fatherhood. Yeah. But, but I love that your dad, he was so adamant that he's like, no matter what, I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. I get, I get that feeling. All right. So you wrote the book and now is, is this out? Uh, hopefully you, when, when you does, when it. does my podcast come out so I can coordinate? October 31st. Okay. October 31st. So let me see. Halloween. When, so, or any day right after that. I know. I just got to, cause we released the, when do we release these podcasts on Wednesdays? On Wednesdays. So this podcast, we will make sure drops, you said October 31st. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're going to drop it November 1st. Look at that. The Perfect. next day. So you can go so, get it right now. All right. So we'll we'll can this thing till November 1st. So if you're listening to this, go support Jen. Um, just go to Amazon or any bookstore. Get Be Seen by Jen Gottlieb. Uh, if you really want to blow up your brand, get out there more. I can't tell you, it's changed my life. Just by being an early adopter of social media, um, it, it's it's been a game changer. And it's funny because so many times you're putting stuff out there. I have people that have not 
clicked like, left a comment, forwarded a post, nothing for like five years, but they've watched me and learned from me. And then randomly one day out of nowhere, they'll be like, you know, you don't know this, but I started my landscaping company because of you. I'm a real estate guy. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I used to watch you talk about entrepreneurship and making money and financial intelligence and financial literacy and all this. And I just, I decided one day uh, I was thinking about doing houses and mm-hmm. it wasn't for me, but I started this thing with my my friend and it blew up and we just sold it and we made, you know, all this crazy money. And it's like, cool. You, you never you had, know. You had no idea, you know, but you that piece know. of content, it does stack and rack on top of it itself. One view comes to 10 views, to 100 views, to 1,000 views, to a million views. And listen, audience is collateral. Audience is an investment that you're making in yourself. And I think it's just like real estate is an investment that you're making for your wealth in the future. You investing in your social media and your brand and your audience has made you so much money. Has mm. made you because here, and here's the thing you also have that as leverage going forward. Because if you ever want to have a TV show or have a book or start a new company where you're getting investors, people are going to be investing in people that have an audience. It's already happening with yeah. like, even with actors. I look back, like some of my friends that are in the acting world now, it all matters how many followers you have, how big is your audience, because they want to hire someone that's going to bring in an audience with them. This book deal, I have a, I have a feeling it was because I got, I got this book deal because. I had a big audience that was ready and excited to buy the book. So if you are like, oh, I don't have time for social media. My my time can be spent better doing other things that are more revenue generating things. There is, right now in today's day and age, I don't think there is anything more important than building an audience online and then getting that audience onto your email list, but just building your audience that you own that you can always have. You sell your company, you can start a new one and you already have followers that love you. I'm glad you brought that up. I tell people all the time, my real business, all of my businesses, all roads lead to an email list. Mm -hmm. People don't realize that the art of copywriting, the the art of being able to sell through written word is one of the best skills you can ever develop for yourself. So if you've never taken a copywriting class or you've never read books about copywriting, I would highly recommend that you develop that skill because every time I'm putting out content, like not every time there's a call to action, sometimes a call to action is just like and engage with my stuff. Yeah. But every once in a while, it's, do you want this free thing? Do you want this? And we call them lead magnets. Yeah. You give something of value away in exchange for an email address and hopefully their phone number as well. And then all of a sudden, um, you start building that email list. You start communicating with them. You create a newsletter, whatever that is, to 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 nurture that relationship while they're on your email list. Last year, we did uh, about $11 million from our email list. Just sending emails. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's something I'm selling something of my own, like a, a product, a service, an event, something like that. And sometimes it's, hey, go go support Jen. I'm a friend of Jen's here, uh, and I will. I'll send some emails for you. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I got a small email list of one million. Oh, and uh, we'll we'll send out some emails, and we'll hopefully get some people to to get get some of your books. Thanks, buddy. Along with it, but uh, yeah. So what's next for you? you you're you're going to become a best-selling author. You're going to go on this book tour, right? You're I'm gonna, on this you're book be- tour. That's what we're doing. We're not doing a traditional book tour. We're doing uh-huh. all the book touring before the book comes yeah. out to do the podcasts. Okay. Yeah, so everything's in the can, ready to go drop. And uh, we're going to hit the scene running. What if this becomes such a bestseller that it 
it, uh, are you going to write another book? I don't know. We'll that, isn't that what happens? Like you write one I bestseller so. and now you're obligated to I keep it going? I think so. We'll focus on this one. We'll see where it goes. I, I would love to write another book. I mean, you know that I want to speak. Like that's the goal. Like I want, I, I just love it more than anything in the world. And when you're speaking, you're, you should have books that go along with your, with your speaking career. So. Which by the way, I heard you're broing out with Vina Jetty. Oh, I'm growing with her heart. Yeah, yeah. I've seen her on Sunday. I know. She yes. told me. I, I just went to dinner with her the other night. We are besties. She said that she was scared to talk to you at the event. I know. I couldn't believe it because I was scared to talk to her because I came here and you were like, there's this girl, Fina Jetty. She's such a rock star. She's such a badass. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I'm intimidated. Like, wow. And then she came early to that fun launch event that I was speaking at and she was so nervous to talk to me and I was so nervous to talk to her. It I was love ridiculous. this story. You know, it's funny because, um, and I'm, I've been a huge fan of you guys, both of you guys. She has now officially won billion dollars under management. Unbelievable. That's how big her multifamily portfolio has gotten. It's really incredible to see uh, th- what she's doing and all the epic things you guys are doing. And and she wants, she, I'm pushing her right now, just like I pushed you, just, I, I'm pushing her. She needs to get on more stages. Yeah. Um, I just literally got a phone with Dan and Dan's like, Hey, I'm connecting her with, uh, with my people and we're going to get her on a bunch of stages. So Great. I've been pushing her in. And I'm also working with her to get over her fear of selling. Mm. Do you have a fear of selling? Not anymore. I love to sell, but I, I have I used to. So I've had to move through that. Okay. And I've got a lot of strategies to move through the fear of selling. I okay. love well, So sales. let's talk about that real fast. Yeah. I think that's a great way to, to maybe wind this yeah. podcast down because so many people do this apologetic close. Listen, I don't want to bother you. I, you know, I'm grateful that you're here. Um, I have this thing, but it probably isn't, you know, I'm not, I don't want to ask you for money or I don't want to sell anything to you, but I have this thing. It's like this weird non, non-sale. It's basically saying that you don't believe that your thing works. Yeah. She's it, doing that right now. Yes. And I'm like, Vina, I'm going to slap you around. Come on, Vina, walk into this, get this out of your system. Whatever that is, it's got to go. Mm-hmm. And my thing to her is this is your obligation. Yes. You feel that way? A hundred percent. How did and you get there? I, well, I, I got there by hating selling and shitting the bed on a lot of sales pitches that I had to do from stage. And it being, it, there's a story in the book that's absolutely insane where I really like failed big time. And I was like, I need to make it my goal to become amazing at selling because business is all, it's all, sales, sales is the most important thing. So I have to get really good at this. And so what happened was I needed to get in touch with my offer and how much I loved and believed in my offer. Because I think about it this way. If you love and believe in something so much and you know that it's going to help somebody you don't, you're not like, oh, well, maybe you want this. Like, let's say your favorite Netflix show or your favorite like restaurant. You're going to call your friend and you're going to say, oh my God, I just watched the show. You have to watch it. You have to watch it. It's so good. You have to watch it. Did you watch it? Did you watch it yet? Here, I'm going to send you another link. Did you watch it? Did you watch it? And you're begging them to watch it because you know that they're going to get value from it because you got value from it and you fully believe in it. Just like your favorite, you know how many times I say I'm traveling somewhere and someone's like, you have to go to this restaurant. Oh my God. They're basically selling me on this restaurant. Like they're selling me so hard. I'm like, why don't you sell your own shit this way? Why are you, people are so comfortable selling that. Think about your own offer and your own product and ask yourself, this is the main issue. I think that if people are not selling, knowing that it's your obligation to sell, it's because you probably aren't fully bought in in your offer. If you know that what you have helps people so much and you're spending all your time watching and reading your testimonials and talking to your customers and hearing what they love about it and hearing their transformation and seeing how great it is, then you're going to be so bought in that it's you're going to be like, I need to scream this from the rooftops. Everybody needs to have this. And you're not selling anybody anything. You're giving somebody an amazing opportunity to get involved in something that's freaking epic. 
like watching the best show that you've ever seen in your life, going to the greatest restaurant where you have to have the pasta. You have to have it. It's so good, right? You get so passionate. And if you're not feeling that way about your product, it's because you're not bought in. So the thing that's helped me sell with so much compassion, and I never do the unapologetic close. I am very, very bought in. Like you are, you are making a huge mistake if you don't say yes to this is because I know that what I offer helps people so much. And I know that if they show up and they invest in themselves and they do it, they're going to get results and it's going to change their life. And I am that bought in. So that's how bought in you need to be when you're selling something. And that's what I was telling her. This is your obligation. It's not an option. No. And, and I was like, cause her, her, her view, this scenario, cause this is her first time throwing an event. It's her event. The first, she speaks on other events, but this was her first time, her event. She was so happy that it like sold out and it was, and I knew it would because she's amazing. Like she, she's my mentor in this space. Yeah. You know, like that's how good she is. And, uh, uh, she was like, well, people paid a lot of money to come to the event because it's a high ticket event. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, what happens at the end of the the, the three days or whatever? And she's like, I, I don't know. And I'm like, so you just high five everybody and they just go home? Like, is there any follow-up? Is there any working together over the next six months or year to make sure that they implement or any of that? She's like, well, I, I don't know. I'm like, well, you better figure that out. It's your obligation to keep them uh, enrolled working with you. Aren't you the best at it? And she was like, well, of course. And I'm like, and should they go anywhere else other than you? She's like, well, no. And and don't you want to do deals with them? Well, yeah. It's like, okay, you're starting to get there. It's like, now figure out how to lean in on this. Oh, I don't know. She's still wavering. So I'm going to send her this clip Please of do. you just going off saying, Vina, do it. Uh, yeah. And I'll talk to her on Sunday. Yeah, uh, she, She's amazing. I think she's not going to do it. I think she's not going to do it on this first one. And I think she's going to regret not doing it. She's going to justify not doing it. Then she'll have to have that moment. And so yeah. this is for everybody that's listening. You ha Sometimes you have to have that failure moment. You have to have the, oh shit, I wish I would have. Or you have to have that mess up or you have to have that lesson in order to learn what to do next time. I've literally stood up in front of everybody early in my career, sold as good as I could and had one person buy. One person. And I was so embarrassed because I had to refund them the money. Because I was like, we can't oh. do an event with one person. I was selling another event. And one person pulled the trigger out of like 100 people in the room. And I was like, all right, that didn't go as planned. And you know why? This is, this is a great lesson for everybody. I scripted everything that I was going to say mm. out because I'm such an analytical person. And I, and I didn't have confidence back then. I know real estate. I know what it's like to be new in real estate. I know what it's like to have all those fears and uncertainties and self-limiting beliefs and everybody passing you over and pushing you around and bullying you and just, just discounting you. But yet I'm sitting here trying to memorize a script, right? Because I thought it had to be like this, this process to yeah. make a sale. But what happens when you memorize a script and then you blank out halfway through your stupid script and you're like, a deer in headlights up there and you start panicking and getting all sweaty and now it's inauthentic. The rapport is being broken. They can feel it's not coming from the heart. And as soon as that happened, one person bought and I was just so embarrassed. I made it my mission from that failure that that will never happen to me again, ever. And I ditched the script and I just internalized instantly. And I was like, you know what? From this day forward, every time I'm on stage, I'm going to sell from the heart. I'm going to talk to them. Like, and this is something that as you become more successful, you have to do. You have to go back in time. Mm -hmm. You have to go back. Like for me, if my education's for new people, like they're just getting into the real estate space, I have to go back to, I got to get out of country club, Cody, and go back to Cody in a piece of shit Nissan pickup truck that looks like he's 12 years old that, you know, wears, I have one suit. My dad gave it to me. You know, I don't have any resources. 
And I remember sitting in my truck crying the first time somebody slammed the door in my face and told me to fuck off and get off their property when I was door knocking, trying to help people out of foreclosure. And I was sitting in the car crying and it was because I was like, fuck real estate. This isn't for me. I can't do this. Nobody's taking me seriously. I have to go back and tap into that yeah. emotion because that's what everybody's feeling. And you forget about it as you move up the, the ladder of success, you, you start to disconnect from those feelings. Now it's like people talk to me and I'm like, get ripped and rich and rare and, and get a six pack and go out there and dominate. What's your problem? And wake up early. And it's like all this like domination because that's the stage I'm at, but that's not the stage they're at. Mm. So but to- what I love about that is you had to experience all of that in order to be really good at what you're doing now. So like where you're probably looking back like, oh my poor kid sitting in a pick, his pickup truck crying in that moment, he was probably so depressed and wishing that that moment didn't exist and wishing he didn't have to be in that circumstance. But now when you connect the dots looking backwards, thank God you had that happen because now you can always look back to where your ideal client or customer is right now. And you can remember, oh, this is where they're at because I was there too. And I know exactly how they feel so I can help them right now where they're at. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Vina. Step your damn game up. Make the sale. I really had a great time chatting with you again. You're the best. You're the best. You're the best. And I'm super excited to read this book. I know this is your your fancy copy that just, this is a prop. She's not actually giving me this book. It's the only one I have. She's not giving me this book. She's not signing this book for me. You're, you. You got to buy one. uh, (laughs) Or, or, or 500. I'm selling. I'm selling. Or 500. Or 500. Yeah. Well, you know, I am one of those good friends to have that's in the book. Like if you launch a book, I'm a big supporter of, of buying books for my friends. Um, cause I want you to hit the bestseller list and, I, and, and we'll give them away as gifts to our, uh, students and different stuff that every, every real estate investor needs to be seen. You have to build a personal brand. If I was, if you came to me, I'd say, listen, we're going to work on two things. We're going to work on your fucking mindset and we're going to work on your ability to be seen. Yeah. If you can do that, we're going to be great real estate investors because the tactical part of real estate is really easy. But if, if you can learn how to really dominate social media and generate lots of free leads, oh, right now, like, um, maybe like 30% of my leads are are free coming in from my online brand. And then the other 70% we, we buy, right? Running ads. I have friends that 100%, they've done a much better job than me creating content. Chris Crone, Ryan Pineda, uh, Pace Morby. They're like, these are good friends of mine. Um, I started way before these guys, but I'm watching them just launch to the stratosphere and just make crazy money because they have the one thing that nobody else has. Hmm. They have just so much content living out there that the amount of lead flow that's coming into their world is just insane. Yeah, Chris will throw a a, a webinar and have 25,000 people register. Wow. Isn't that wild? Like 10,000 will show. Wow. It's really epic, all free. That's why I just said, like your audience is the biggest, the best investment that you can make. Because look, he could invest in real estate and like, but- from that 25,000 people that either they just opt in for that webinar, even if only 10,000 show, he has 25,000 people that opt in that said, I want to learn more about you, that are going to get emails from him, that they're going to be on his radar. That's 25,000 people that can buy from him or tell people about him in the future. That is worth so much more than maybe one real estate investment that he could spend his time doing. Yeah, he's killing it. He's making crazy money. They all are. And now, so can and you. And so are you. And, and so am I. But uh, you got to be seen got to be seen and go grab Jen's book. Um, How do they find you on socials? 
at Jen underscore Gottlieb is Instagram. Just find me there. Everywhere else, you can figure it out. Uh, BeSeenBook.com is where you get the book. BeSeenBook.com. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Go there, grab her book. Do us that favor. Support our friends here on the Clever Investor Show podcast. Until next time, we're out of here, Jen. Hopefully you come back for a third time. Till then, take care. Comb your hair. Peace. Hey, Cody Sperber, the original Clever Investor, host of the Clever Investor Show podcast. And I'm shooting this ad right now to let you know that this podcast exists. It's finally out and we have some amazing guests. So please, I'm begging you. Can you just come and give our podcast a listen? I've been doing real estate for a really long time. I've accessed some of the coolest people in the world. We were having all these amazing conversations and I'm like, what are we doing? Let's record this and actually put it out on a podcast. But the problem is I have to let people know about it. That's where this ad comes in and this is where you come in. You're gonna be able to learn from successful entrepreneurs, get in-depth interviews from amazing leading experts. You're gonna learn real estate investing strategies and tactical training strategies that work in today's market. We're going over market analysis and different market predictions. You're gonna be able to engage in an awesome community. And we go into some pretty deep dives on the mindset of what it takes to win the game of money and in life, plus lots of bonus resources and exclusive content. So what you're gonna wanna do right now is click the link that you see on your screen and give the show a subscribe today. We have amazing guests like Ken McElroy and Robert Kiyosaki and Wes Watson and Pace Morby and Jamil Damji and Vina Jetty and a whole host of amazing men and women entrepreneurs that you're going to love to learn from and get to know. So what you want to do right now is click that link and give the show a subscribe today.